Jordan Lawler's gotten the call for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter promo code LockedOnMLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, I promise you. So like we talked about last week, we, we were trying to make the case that Jordan Waller needed to be the, the September call-up for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And ultimately, on September the 1st, unlike what me and Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks said, they went with other players. But news broke this week. Jordan Lawler is getting the call. He will supposedly be starting Thursday's game. So by the time you listen to this or watch this, he will have already played his first game. But I think it's important to go in and talk a little bit more about who Jordan Lawler is, some of the context behind the numbers he's put up in the minors, and then maybe what to expect from him in the bigs. So, thing to remember, 2021 first rounder, number six overall pick out of high school. Went to a Jesuit College Preparatory School in Dallas. Same school as Josh Bell, and they're actually, apparently, they've talked there. I'm going to say super close, but they've discussed before. And rookie year was cut short. He played in two games in the complex league before an injury, uh, a shoulder injury messed up his season and his draft year was cut short because of injury. He had a, a labrum issue. And if you remember, that was a running theme. He had one, Corbin Carroll had one after that, Drew Jones had one. And it's like almost like, what are you doing to make these guys injure their labrums their first week or month with the organization? I think Drew Jones was like the fir- day he was taking his first batting practice with the team. Rehabs over the winter, comes out 2022, spends some time in, and briefly he's got, he spends time in rookie ball, he spends time in A ball, high A, and double A. Finishes the year with dead on 100 games across technically four levels, 44 in A ball, 30 in high A, 20 in double A. 303, 401, 509 is the slash line. There's your 345. 16 home runs, 41 extra base hits. 57 walks to 115 strikeouts and 39 to 45 on stolen bases. Uh, You can hear strikeouts a little high, 115 strikeouts in 100 games. And the distribution of those is something where just about every single level, he struck out a little bit more than the number of games he played. 44 games in A-ball, 48 strikeouts. 30 games in high A, 33 strikeouts. 20 games in double A, 28 strikeouts. So there's some issues there for Jordan Lawler to work on. Goes to the Arizona Fall League, spends two weeks there, absolutely destroys. Comes in this year, hits double-A Amarillo, 89 games, 263, 366, 474. Just rakes, right? 15 home runs, 41 extra base hits. Gets promoted to triple-A Reno, and he's been there not incredibly long, 16 games as of time of recording. 
And the stats are ridiculous, but here's where we need some context. So the stats in those 16 games for Jordan Lawler, 358, 438, 612 slugging, five home runs and a triple, nine walks to 12 strikeouts, three or four on stolen bases. It's important to remember that when you're looking at uh, information from AAA and they're on the West Coast, that's the Pacific Coast League. And that is incredibly hitter friendly. So, and then, and to be honest, AA Reno is kind of the same way. We have to understand these are like both, both these ballparks and the PCL in general are very offense, offensively oriented. Lawler had 15 home runs in double A. 10 of those were at home. He played 43 games at home, slugged 561. He played 46 games on the road. He slugged 391. And I think that when he gets to the bigs, you're not going to immediately see power like what he showed in the minors. It's right. It's going to take a little bit of time for Jordan Lawler to get uh, to, to, to come into his power. A couple parts of that is one, increase in difficulty. Two, he's still young. He's just He just turned 21 years old back in July. Uh, but then that third thing is he has played just about the entire year, for the most part, in very advantageous offensive ballparks. And playing more neutral ballparks is going to, his power numbers aren't necessarily illustrative of exactly how much power he has because he's gotten a little bit of an advantage. Now, the actual approach itself, is he's done some good things. He cut the strikeout rate down this year when he got to AA to 21.7%. In AAA, it dropped even more to 15%. Now, small sample size in AAA, but his pitch recognition and swing decisions have gotten better. When you look at percentage, like swings on pitches outside of the zone, he was at 19.3% swings outside the zone in Reno. The major league average for that is 28.7%. So it, it, it's something where the pitch recognition should play almost right away. The swing decision should play almost right away. Yes, you'll see a, a tick up uh, in some of these things simply because he's facing better pitchers, but that kind of stuff should play right away. I don't know how much the power is going to play right away. I do think the speed will be the first thing that you see in those 16 games in the PCL. And this isn't something that's affected by, out, by the altitude. He had eight runs of 30 feet per second or more. StatCast calls those bolts. B-O-L-T, lightning bolt. So he had eight in 16 games. Now, for Arizona the major league team, on the season, they've only had three players log more than two. And one of those is Buddy Kennedy, who they just DFA'd. And most of those are Corbin Carroll. He's got a hundred and something of them. But, so the speed, I feel like, is going to be able to play up right away. And when you look at some of the stolen base numbers for Jordan Lawler, in 2022, he was 39 of 45. In 2023, he was 36 of 41. So what he's going to be able to do immediately is he should be able to make contact and get on base. He should be able to steal bases. He should be a plus base runner almost right away. They DFA'd Nick Ahmed and all of the indications from Tony Lavulo is that 
Lawler's going to be the starting shortstop, and then they're going to mix him in some other places. And I mentioned on that show on Friday with Millard of Locked on Diamondbacks that third base is a place where they can use him as well. So expect to see some mixing and matching. He played his first game as a professional at third base in AAA just the other day before the call-up. And is he going to be a plus defender immediately at third base? I don't think so. At shortstop, there's potential. I think he'll end up being above average. There is a difference in the speed of the game at the major league level. But by the time you have watched this, he will have played his first game, and I expect Jordan Lawler to do well. I imagine he's probably going to collect his first hit. Uh, I'm not going to go out and say he's going to hit a home run or anything like that, but it feels like he's primed to make an impact for the Diamondbacks as they're trying to push for the playoffs, and he's going to get everyday playing time and has the potential, if it goes well, to set up nicely and be one of the favorites for Rookie of the Year next year. In just a minute, there's a couple guys that have stood out recently. One of them I wanted to get in yesterday's show, and one of them came up when I was watching film. We'll talk about those guys next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. I like the sponsors that we have for the most part on the Locked On Podcast Network. These are great companies we do a lot of stuff with. But Bird Dogs has been absolutely one of my favorites because it's a company that not only do they make great stuff and they're very generous with their time, it's clever, it's interesting, it's fun, but it's, of all of the products, it's the one that I've been able to use and appreciate the most. They make some of the most comfortable pants, shorts, gym shorts, whatever that you have had, you have worn in a long time. The whole, the secret is this cloud knit fabric that they created, right? And so for these shorts, they're cut a little bit slimmer. They fit a little slimmer through the thigh and the leg. They make you look good, but they're not restrictive, right? Because this cloud knit fabric stretches, so you don't have to sacrifice movement. It's got this anti-sweat or anti-stink sweat wicking technology built into them. So you keep cool, you keep dry, you've got your freedom of movement, but you still look good. And because of this, you can wear bird dogs just about anywhere. I've worn, like in just the last week, I've worn bird dogs to the pool. I've worn bird dogs to the grocery store. I've worn bird dogs to a sit down dinner. I was wearing pants. I've worn both bird dog shorts and joggers to the press box this week to call baseball games. You can do just about anything in a pair of bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB at checkout and they will send you a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. It's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. I promise. Okay, we did a show yesterday about organizations that have gotten significantly better. It looks like with production from, with developing certain prospects in their organization. And I mentioned the Detroit Tigers, and I talked about some of their high-level hitters in Colt Keith and Justin Henry Malloy. But there's another one I did not have a chance to get to that we, we have to talk about him as well, and that's Jace Young, the younger brother of Josh Young. 2022 first rounder out of Texas Tech. Same school his brother went to, obviously. And this year, 119 games between high A and double A 
And most of these, if not all of them, have been with him playing second base. He's DH'd a little bit. I want to say 16 times, but he has like 100 starts at second base. And in those 100 starts, two errors, by the way. So already looking a little bit better defensively than his brother, albeit at a position where arm strength isn't as important. And his brother was surprisingly good on defense this year. But in those 119 games for Josh Young, for Jace Young, 270, 381, 508, 26 home runs, 53 extra base hits, again, in 119 games, 74 walks to 127 strikeouts, and five of six on stolen bases. Most of those games, high A West Michigan, but he spent the last month and a half or so in double A Erie, and his production has gone to an absolute new level in double A Erie. In those 38 games, 301, 389, 596. Very close to a 346 slash line. 12 home runs and 19 extra base hits in 38 games. So dead on one every other game. 18 walks to 44 strikeouts. Has not tried to steal a base. I guess you don't necessarily have to steal bases when you're hitting a bunch of home runs. But the thing about Jace Young, and it like part of the reason he wasn't in that show yesterday was because a lot of this work isn't necessarily things they did. He's just raked since he got here. But uh, something where he mechanically, I'm not going to say he looks like a mess, but it is not very smooth looking at the plate. He's got a lot of stuff going on, but it doesn't matter. It's always worked for him and it still does. It feels like it's probably a plus hit tool. Really good at making contact with the ball wherever it might be in the zone, right? He walked more often than he struck out in college. He's striking out more often than he walks now, but it's like at least in the same ballpark for the full season. The drops, the, the, the walks went down in double A, but when he was in high A, it, the, it was in the same ballpark. And very good pitch recognition, as well as barrel control to, like I said, get any pitch in the strike zone and make contact with it. I've been pretty impressed with his ability to go opposite field with stuff. And then I think the ultimate power ceiling here is probably above average to plus. I feel like he's not going to get held back by the hit tool. Now, defensively, I mentioned not a ton of errors. He doesn't have a ton of range at second. And so that's one of the things as well. Obviously, if you can't get to the ball, they don't charge you with an error if you just never got there in the first place. I think they call that the Jeter rule. But the arm is perfectly fine. The hands are quick enough to do stuff. It's just the range, right? That's what you're worried about at second base is can he move enough to get all of the plays he needs to get? So uh, doing it really, I mean, it has looked very good. Probably have him right now in the top five in this system. To me, it feels like it's some combination of Colt Keith, Max Clark is definitely in there, Jackson Job. Jace Young, and then right after it, you have Kevin McGonigal, Justin Henry Malloy in that top six for this organization. Really impressed there. And then when I was watching film, and I've seen some tweets about this too that kind of prompted some of this, but I was watching a lot of Modesto, the Modesto Nuts. We'll get to that in the third segment. But I noticed the games where Bryce Eldridge was playing against them. First rounder in 2023 out of high school by the Giants was drafted as a two-way player, and they've only had him hit so far this year. They have not had him pitch yet that I've seen. He's only hit. He's got uh, 16 games, 
and rookie ball in 11 games in A ball against San Jose. The combined slash line, 274, 364, 495. Six home runs, nine extra base hits total, 14 walks to 30 strikeouts. Now, none of those, like those numbers aren't especially mind-blowing, right? And this is one of the reasons why you can't just scout off of the stat line. You have to look at underlying data, information, and things like that. The the approaches that he's had, and especially those games I watched against Modesto, have been very good. The luck hasn't been great. It feels like he's had a lot of hard-hit balls that have been right at a defender, or he's otherwise had some bad luck on them. But when he makes contact, it is very loud contact. It is when he makes an out, it is a very long out. And I don't know how long they're going to let him do both. But it really does feel like he is, to me, he's probably a really high, he's probably a really promising hitter. And I, again, I have not seen him pitch. I did not see him pitch in high school, have not seen Bryce Eldridge pitch. But I would be tempted to push him towards one direction or the other. And if you're going to push him one direction or the other, feels like you should push him towards hitting simply because it feels like it's so much harder to make up time that you've missed at the plate versus time you've missed on the mound. We've seen guys miss six months or whatever and come back and throw and look just about perfectly fine. Take some time to dial in the control. Whereas it feels like this is 18 years old. This is the developmental time where if you miss at-bats here, you end up being behind on your development. We saw what that lost 2020 year did to so many minor leaguers. Uh, Carlos Colazzo of Baseball America talked about he's all the way in on him, at, on Bryce Eldridge as a hitter. And he actually said, uh, one, he has access to, to the batted ball data and he loves the batted ball data. But he compared him to Matt Olson. I thought it was an interesting tweet when it came out because Matt Olson was also, this is down in Georgia, but was also a high school first baseman that pitched and had fantastic arm strength, but they said he's just below average speed-wise, and so he's going to have to be a first baseman. And Eldridge is in a similar position. He's played a lot of right field went in the minors this year, but he's seen because of the speed, he's going to have to be a first baseman. He's also massive, like 6'7", 230. But something where he like, so there's the holes in the strike zone. There's the stuff you have to figure out, but the power is so fantastic that it's almost like you have to try him as a hitter and you have to try to make that work. And it's harder to flip a guy from pitching to hitting than it is from hitting to pitching. So uh, really impressed there in just a minute. We're going to talk about that single-A Modesto Nuts team because it's got a ton of talent. They're doing some great stuff. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on 
and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss from America's number one sports book, FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, I've been calling games this week in AA Montgomery as they're playing the Chattanooga Lookouts. So affiliate of the, of the Rays, playing an affiliate of the Reds. And these games in, they're rather quick. The Wednesday night game was just barely over two hours. And I'm driving just about an hour home. And I get it. I find myself turning on in the car to listen to the Modesto Nuts. This team right now is absolutely loaded because they've got so many of these drafted players from this year, as well as some prominent international free agents. And the Modesto Nuts right now, they just finished their last homestand of the year and their season, because the single A season ends on Sunday, but they have won 15 straight games with a plus 48 run differential in those games. And the roster right now is absolutely stacked. Playing in the outfield, they've got not one of the uh, draftees, but they've got Lazaro Montez. We've talked about him on the show. Baby Jordan is what they call him. In his 29 games in Modesto, 313, 423, 557. Six home runs, 15 extra base hits, 19 walks to 33 strikeouts. He's playing a lot of outfield. We've talked on here before, expect him to end up being a first baseman or a DH simply because he doesn't run that well. But this is a fantastic, like he, he's doing a great job uh, as a lefty corner outfielder on this team. And then they're getting great contributions. Another international player who was signed around the same time and played in the ACL with him last year, spent some time with him and moved up with him, is... Luis Susabel, uh, 2019 IFA, was okay in the DSL after he signed, crushed the complex league. 36 games, 291, 471, 573. Six home runs, 15 extra base hits, 26 walks, 39 strikeouts, four or five on stolen bases. Corner infield option, the, the hope was that he could be a utility guy. And it feels like he now has a chance to be an everyday starter at first base. Right now, 27 games. So got there right around the same time Montez did. 27 games in Modesto. 290, 384, 505. Six home runs and nine extra base hits. 11 walks to 37 strikeouts. So more strikeouts than Montez. And that, he's got swing and miss in his game. But he gives you flexibility on the corners. He can play first base. He can play some third base. Now, probably won't be able to do it at the major league level. But you never know. They've had him play a lot of places. He's even played like a game and a half at shortstop. Like he's played all over the infield, but he's mostly playing first base. And so because they've tried him at short, it makes me wonder, maybe he could do it as he keeps going up. Maybe he could be probably not shortstop, but at least if he could play some short here, maybe he could still play some second as he goes higher up the ladder and be a utility guy as part of this next wave of talent for the Mariners. A lot of their draftees, they've got... Outfielder Aiden Smith. Uh, third baseman Ben Williamson is there. Ty Pete. They've had Ty Pete playing a lot of... He's played third base, a little bit of second, and a lot of DH. But Ty Pete, drafty from first round from that from this year. 240, 283, 420. Two home runs and five extra base hits. 
Three walks to 13 strikeouts, two for two on stolen bases. Only 11 games, small sample size. A lot of these guys are, but this is what's really cool about the very end of the year in single A is you get a lot of these drafted players coming in and providing a jolt of energy to the team. Colt Emerson's been one of the hottest hitters coming out of the 2023 draft, like out of guys that were drafted and then excluding some of the top top three or four, like a Wyatt Langford or Dylan Cruz. And Colt Emerson's 12 games, mostly short, some second. I still think he's going to be a second baseman at the major league level. But in his 12 games, 261, 414, 391. One home run, four extra base hits, eight walks to 10 strikeouts, three for three on stolen bases. Uh, it's a fun watch. If you have a chance to check out Modesto, do it again. The single A season ends on Sunday. And you could see some of these players move up from the lower minors to the upper minors because the double A season runs for another week after the, the lower minors ends. And then triple A runs for yet another week after that. And so that's the prospect version of the September call up is at the end of the year, you can get to move up. Look at Jason Dominguez last year. He was in double A and he jumped into triple A for the postseason. And I believe he hit like a home run or he, he, J- Jason Dominguez moved up at the end of the year when his season ended, moved to the next level and hit a home run in the playoffs, like played pretty well in that short sample. And oftentimes that little taste can be a springboard to shoot you through the minors the next year. Fantastic week this week. Enjoyed the games this weekend. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedInMLBProspects at gmail.com. We get a Discord. Tons of ways to get them to us. Again, enjoy the games this weekend. And remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. <laughs>